Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Calmel, a shadow in the night, a masked shape stalking anyone who gets in my way. I'm joined once again by my good friend and 40K mentor, one of the coaches of Vanguard Tactics. He's the Claude Fiend of your nightmares, the Freddy Krueger to my Michael Myers, Mr. Michael Costello. Mike, how's it going? Yeah, good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, recently uh, recovering from the uh, gifts of Nurgle. Um, been absolutely looking forward to this podcast so much. Uh, and yeah, very, very happy to be here to talk about my beloved 8th Legion. Yeah, I, you and I have been trying to get this done for a couple of weeks and, and it, disease and work just kept getting in the way. So yeah. uh, fortunately, Nurgle, uh, Grandfather Nurgle has uh, blessed you with good health for today. And, uh, you know, we can, we can talk about the, the masters of fear. So, uh, yeah, this is, uh, and this is also the, uh, I'm, I'm dedicating this podcast to, uh, one of my best friends from California, uh, Matt Toner. He and I have been playing, we've been friends since we were 14, but we've been playing, we both found 40k at the same time when we were in college. Yeah. And, uh, he has a, uh, Night Lords collection, not quite to rival yours, but close. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, uh, I'm, I'm hoping he'll get something out of this one too. So, uh, but yeah, before we get into the good stuff, into, into the fear and terror, uh, we got to acknowledge our, our sponsor once again, Siege Studios. Uh, James, uh, thank you very much for continuing to sponsor our podcast. Uh, if you need anything commissioned painted, look no further than Siege Studios. They do incredible work. And don't forget that they also offer uh, lessons and workshops at uh, different events. And you can also do private one-on-one lessons with uh, some of their amazing uh, painters, including James himself. So uh, don't be afraid to go check them out on Instagram and or just to their website, SiegeStudios.com. Uh, and then we got some BT announcements. Um, the uh, the current academy class is still uh, ongoing, so no new registration for that just yet. Uh, do you know, we, Mike? Do you know when the next class is going to start? Right. Well, we're in the middle of the phases. I think we're week seven at the moment, uh, and it's a seventeen week course. So we've still got ten weeks to go. Okay. Um, so probably in so November. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but. Uh, also, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, we now have the Competitive 40K Podcast Community Facebook page. Uh, we just uh, uh, started that up a couple weeks ago. Uh, don't uh, be afraid to check that out. Go sign up. Uh, it's a good place for you to drop in your uh, rules lawyer questions for us. You people have been slacking. I haven't had any questions in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, so get us some, go in there, have some great conversation with some like-minded people who are equally about uh, sportsmanship and fair play, because if they're not, uh, Steve boots them. Uh, so, and the password for the Facebook page is Fabius Bile, all one, uh, all smashed together. So, uh, Fab- Fabius Bile, uh, go in there and type in that password and join our community and, uh, chat, chat all things wonderfully 40 K with us. Uh, and then there's some good events coming up the, uh, in the UK, there's the, uh, Hertfordshire GT coming up in two weeks. And also Mike, you're going to be at the unconquerable GT, right? Yeah, that's right. The Unconquerable GT. So this is run by the Warhammer Tournaments guys. Zach, uh, he runs all of the sort of super majors and majors uh, in the well, the uh, most well-known ones in the UK. Um, and then if you went undefeated at one of his events, you get a special invitation to play in this event, which is happening in two weeks. Uh, myself, uh, Kyle, the, our, our coach, our Tau specialist and fanatic. Um, and we've got Dom as well from Let's Talk Wargaming. He's obviously he's a VT coach as well. Uh, and he's going. So the three of us are going. Steve is at the Hereford GT, um, but we'll be there to represent VT on sort of this exclusive event. Awesome. And then uh, 
after that invitational, um, there's going to be the it, it coming up in the end of uh, September is going to be the London Grand Tournament, the big dog, the the, the British equivalent to LVO. Uh, so if you are in the UK or if you want to travel to the UK, you should definitely get yourself a ticket for LGT and show up there. Not only is it going to be an amazing event, the entire uh, VT coaching staff, uh, minus the, the couple of us who are in the US, everybody's going to be at LGT because it's such a massive event. And uh, this year, just like uh, Steve did it and Mike did at uh, BAO and at LVO, there's going to be a uh, Vanguard Tactics workshop the night before the tournament starts. So if you're going to LGT or if you're in the area, you just want to check it out, uh, by all means, get a ticket to the workshop. Come say hi to the entire coaching team. I think pretty much everybody's going to be probably at that event, either coaching or just hanging out to yeah. give Steve a hard time. We are exactly, um, you know, uh, Steve's going to be there. Um, I'm going to be there. Um, I think Carl and Dom, who are also going to this Hong Kong event, going to be there. Um, so you're going to be learning from experienced high-ranking players uh, in addition to, of course, um, people who are uh, represent sportsmanship and, and fair play in the hobby as well. Um, and you, you play with your own army. You're going to be training with your own army, uh, which I think is a very unique, uh, fantastic way to run a, a 40k workshop. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out, especially if you're coming from quite far away. Make the most of your trip um, and jump in on this workshop as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm assuming you guys will be on the LVO table, so that means you'll get a um, people who join the workshop are going to get a little bit of a sneak peek ahead of time of the LGT terrain, which you know it's not going to give you a, an unfair advantage over your opponent, but it's definitely going to allow you to. When you're laying there in bed at night, you know, in your hotel room, trying to think of what how things are going to go the next day, <laughs> which we all do, uh, being able to visualize that terrain and being able to work around it a little bit, just move your move your models around a little yep. bit the night before it it is it's an you can't really put a price on how much that actually helps. Uh, no, speaking exactly. from experience, so yeah. not um, everybody can afford their own set of that terrain and practice beforehand. Um, so right, it's great to get there and just have that table, go through each of the missions, and just deploy. Uh, and that is one of the things we'll be focusing on uh, in the workshop. Yeah. So please, if you guys are going to be at LGT or if you're going to be in the area, grab a ticket to the workshop. There's still tickets available. Um, it is absolutely worth the the price of admission. So uh, anyway, uh, one last announcement. Um, we haven't, we, we sort of previewed this. Um, I think it was yesterday. The video went up on YouTube. Uh, Steve put up a video about how Vanguard Tactics has partnered with Harder and Steenbeck. There is a new uh, limited edition uh, Vanguard Tactics uh, airbrush coming out, and it is all for charity. This is a big uh, fundraiser. And before I say the word, and some people get all nasty about it, yes, it is a fundraiser for people in Ukraine, but it is not for the Ukrainian government. This has nothing to do with the Russian invasion. Uh, this is all about supporting a uh, a children's cancer hospital in Ukraine. So there are a lot of um, artists who are including some very famous airbrush artists who have, um, are, have been sort of working in and around Ukraine in the last few years. And so Harder and Steenbeck started this project to try to support the artists in that area uh, and bring attention to the artist community that's growing in Ukraine. And so uh, this project has nothing to do with the government. It's a fundraiser for children with cancer. And if you have some sort of political issue with that, you should reevaluate re your, your life goals and values. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. So anyway, so guys, look, uh, keep an eye out for that. There's going to be that new awesome Harder and Steenbeck uh, airbrush uh, coming out. If you if you are into airbrushing, obviously Harder and Steenbeck, they make the best airbrushes on the planet. Um, if you really want to 
take take your airbrushing to the next level, um, you should look into getting one. I know I'm trying to convince Shauna to let me buy one. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, like, share, subscribe, leave a five star review, please. We love all the love. Uh, let's keep the love fest going. It's been great lately. Um, uh, and if you want to find us on social media and you want to talk to us and message us, uh, you can find Mike on Instagram at underscore VT underscore Mike underscore. I found out there's another underscore on your thing the other day. I noticed that. Damn. Too many. Yeah. So at VT underscore Mike underscore at Instagram. And I am, of course, at Infantry Lawyer. Uh, don't forget to go to www.vanguardtactics.com to find out more information about the Academy. Look at all the great content, including that new Harder and Steenbeck video on YouTube, as well as uh, Mike and Steve just did a video yesterday on ranking all of the different Chaos Legions. It was actually a pretty comprehensive video since you guys didn't just, you know, do the usual S to C tier ranking system that some people do. You actually broke it down why you, how you ranked each faction and each Legion and each um, by a several different categories. So that's a, it was, it's a good yeah. video. If you, if you're, if you are not familiar with chaos, you want a little more insight into how they operate besides just listen to this podcast, check out the video. It's a good summary. And with all that, let's get into the, the, the Lords of interrogation, the Lords of fear. The Night Lords. Uh, Mike, just give me, why don't you just start with, why do you love these guys so much? Okay, so these guys are the 8th Legion, um, the Emperor's 8th Legion. Now they're uh, Primarch Comrade Kurtz. Um, you may know about him, you may not. Uh, so he essentially uh, was uh, judge, jury, and executioner on his home world of Nostramo, uh, and he would punish the crimes of everybody on that planet. Uh, eventually he got picked up by the Emperor to lead Night Lords, and some of those Night Lords came from Terra, uh, Earth, and uh, predominantly from uh, prisons and that kind of thing. So unsurprisingly, the planet fell back into uh, crime, etc. But they still hired more, well, hired, um, they still took more people from Nostramo, criminals, uh, and put them into the Legion. But what draws me to this Legion most is the fact that uh, in many cases, their brutality and their uh, torture uh, was a means to further the Emperor's um, goals in, in the galaxy, right? And uh, they sort of did all of these atrocities um, to stop people rebelling against the Emperor. Um, so, you know, you get to the point where a system's about to rebel um, and a Night Lord's Legion ship turns up and they decide they're not going to rebel anymore. Um, so it's, it's quite an interesting uh, phenomenon. And then, of course, we all know that <laughs> committing these atrocities is awful. Um, and then when the Horus heresy turns around, the Emperor condemns him, uh, and naturally he takes Horus's side. And they become traitors, uh, and they're hovering around in the 41st millennium, uh, still embittered by the heresy, and still inflicting um, awful torture and wearing the skin of their foes with their terror tactics. Nice. Um, and are you, uh, just as a side note, are you going to be uh, playing Night Lords in 30k as well? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I do yeah. have some crossover models uh, from the Forge World range. Um, but yes, I, I just love their transition. Awesome. All right. Yeah, I, 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 I am excited by your excitement about this this Legion when our, in our group chat and all that. And every time you're like, Night Lords! I'm like, yeah, I love your pure love of not just the, the models or the gameplay, but the, the, uh, the storyline behind it. So yeah. I, your, your enthusiasm is contagious. So I love it. Uh, all right, so let's start with the, the Legion trait, Terror Tactics. Tell all me right. about it. So um, this is Terror Tactics. It's an aura. Okay, This means that it will not stack with um, itself. So uh, whenever you've got an aura, 
that it can't stack with any other auras with the same name. So within nine inches of a Night Lord's unit, you can subtract two from the uh, leadership characteristic of models in enemy units, and you subtract one from combat attrition tests made for that unit. So uh, let's take a Space Marine Intercessor Squad, leadership eight with a sergeant. If they're within nine inches of one or more Night Lords units, um, then there'll be leadership six. Uh, and if they fail attrition, now most Space Marines ignore combat attrition, but if they didn't ignore combat attrition, um, they would be running on twos, and if they're at half strength, running on threes. Um, and that d- can do a real number on some of those larger squads out there. Imagine Orc Boys cutting them down to leadership five, uh, and then if they're at half strength, running away on threes if they fail their morale. So that's the first half of the trait. Um, the second half is that each time they make an attack with a melee weapon, if they're fighting an enemy unit with a leadership characteristic of five or less, and that will be after any modifiers, um, or if they're fighting an enemy unit that's below half strength, uh, they get plus one to wound in melee. And does that come in? That seems like, you know, on, on paper, that seems like uh, that second ha- that second bullet point seems like it wouldn't come into play too terribly often, but you've obviously got a whole lot of games in now with Night Lords. Is it something that you benefit from consistently? Um, it's surprisingly good, actually. Um, I think if you build for it, and I'll mention how you can do that a bit later on, uh, you can get units down to this leadership five bracket. Um, usually, it will be only against units that are leadership eight. Naturally, um, in the book, there's only really you can only really stack to lead, uh, minus three leadership um, using everything in the book here. So below half strength as well. That's great when you're fighting things like uh, Necrons who are leadership ten. Um, let's say six Scorpex. You cut them down to I don't know a couple left um, or Custodes. You know a squad of three, four. You cut them down to a couple left. Just gives you that little bit of extra edge into them. Okay. Um, and what's nice is a lot of vehicles can be quite low leadership. Um, so this really helps you take out um, vehicles as well. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't thought about vehicles uh, having because they do have a, all have a leadership value, but mm-hmm. so rarely does it become an issue that we need to even consider during most games. Yeah. So you know, I I know as a Tau player, I have never even thought about making a Rhino run away. So. <laughs> uh, that just it's just not something we think about, but the fact that it has that ability, I can see where that would that would be especially big. And I'm sure it probably does well in the knights. Um, yeah, so uh, war dogs are all leadership eight. Uh, now, if you manage to get that minus three stack into them, that puts a war dog at leadership five, which means your entire army gets plus one to wound against the war dogs uh, in combat, provided you've got that uh, those auras going on. Uh, that's huge because um, I actually do believe knights is quite a struggle for a lot of chaos space green armies. Um, but being able to do this uh, really, really helps. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's talk about the the secondary then, which also plays obviously into this um, this leadership theme. Sow the seed, reap the fear. All right. What's what's how's the score? So this is in No Mercy, No Respite. So it's competing with your um, the Long War, which I'm sure you guys would have spoken about in the overview, um, and of course, no prisoners grind them down, etc. Now you get a point. Uh, this is not capped. Uh, per turn or anything. You get a point each time an enemy unit fails a morale check. Okay. Uh, each time an enemy unit falls back. All right. Uh, each time an enemy unit fails an action. Mm. Uh, and then, in addition, each time you kill um, the last model in an enemy unit, if you roll above that model's leadership characteristic after modifiers um, and you roll 2d6, then you get an additional point. Uh, so 
if they get back up for whatever reason, you can also do it again and get more points. So think maybe uh, Celestine, um, you roll above her leadership when she dies and then she gets back up and you do it again. You can get two points from her potentially. Oh, okay. That's nice. Kind of punish, punish people for getting back up again. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Uh, I think this one is probably a um, hidden gem secondary. Um, I've taken this to a few games and actually it's surprised me with how good it is. Um, people will fall back from Chaos Space Marine units because they are quite deadly uh, in combat. Oh, yeah. Um, and sometimes if you throw a land raider into combat with someone, um, they have no interest in staying in combat with something they can't hurt. So they're going to fall back and you just get points for tagging things with your vehicle. Even a rhino tagging a unit of space marines is really annoying for the space marines because they want to do other stuff, right? Right. And it's going to, anybody who's got fall back and shoot or fall back and charge, it's going to make them reevaluate their life choices when they're like, well, I need to do this, but then I'm handing you points. Exactly. And I can tell you I maxed it against Harlequins last weekend. So, Oh, because <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they fall back and do everything. Yes. Yeah. They live to fall back. Little clowns. All right. Uh, so let's talk now. Uh, let's talk warlord traits. Or right, right, just just uh, overview real quick. There's six warlord traits here. Are they? Are are you is in your list or in most of, of what you're considering? Are these all viable options or is this a? I'd rather go back to the main book. Uh, these are possibly the best set of Warlord traits in the book, in my opinion. Wow. Uh, All right. Having read these, so I'll pick three that I would, if I could, if, if it didn't cost loads of CP, I'd probably take them every game. I mean, there's, it's difficult. I'd probably take all of them every game if I could. Um, well, we can so, just go through all of them. We got time. We're, we're, we're not, we're not doing a whole codex here, just this one Legion. So, all right. um, let's just go through all of them and just, just tell me, give me your, uh, your thoughts on all of them. The first one is Night Haunter's Curse. Yeah, so this one, once per turn, you can change the result of a single advance roll, hit roll, wound roll, or saving throw made for the Warlord to be a six, and it counts as an unmodified six. Okay, so straight away, you're probably putting this on something like a Master of Executions, where a six for them to hit is just two more wounds. Fantastic. Alternatively, um, you can use it for a save. Uh, this is it, it's just great. Um, hit roll, exploding sixes. I mean, yeah, it, it's great. Uh, it's one of the less good ones in my opinion, but it is great. Okay. Uh, next one is one piece at a time. Now, this one is kind of nuts. Um, so each time your warlord is selected to fight, um, if you kill any models in that unit, then they're at minus one to their combat attrition. Okay, that's whatever. However, um, when they make a consolidation uh, move, models in their unit, um, so units that have multiple models like uh, Dark Commune or the Dark Apostle, they benefit from this as well. They can consolidate into any direction um, and even if they're in base contact. So um, normally, so we've seen with like the Dark Eldar um, succubus, she can uh, consolidate in any direction, but not if she's based. So with this, you can base models and then just leave anyway. So what you do is you charge, you hit something, and then, and then you just leave uh, and they can't hit you back. Um, but it, you have to... Uh, finish your consolidation move into within three of a enemy unit. So you tap one unit, and maybe you go into a tank or you tag something that's not going to hurt you back. Huh. All right. That could be a real pain in the yeah. fourth point of contact. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, next one is Murderous Reputation. Right. I will be running this for my Unconquerable event um, because I think it's going to be really, really useful as a technical choice. Uh, while an enemy unit with the objective secured ability is within six inches of this warlord, 
it loses that ability. This is an Ouch. aura. Uh, this is huge uh, if you think about uh, really good armies at the moment, like knights, a war dog being five obsec models can be really frustrating to deal with. Um, suddenly they're not obsec, so you just have one chaos space on the objective and it's still yours. Um, you know, Tyranids, nine Tyranid warriors trying to cover objectives, one space marine on the back of the objective, this guy within six, still your objective. Right. Um, so yeah, very good. Uh, um, and that one has made my list. Okay, I got it. So I got a, 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 a list building question for you with that mm-hmm. idea. Because there, there are several units in the game now that have the ability to take away OPSEC. Are you sticking this Warlord trait on your Chaos Lord? Or are you sticking this on somebody who's more as a smaller point character that's more expendable? Smaller point character, more expendable. Uh, Got it. Yeah, this guy's going on a Master of Executions. Uh, I don't have the CP to buff him to the nines, so I just want to use him as a tool to stop an opponent having an objective, essentially. All right, just run him out there, and I'm just going to screw with your scoring for a turn if he survives, maybe two. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully get one or two turns out of him. Got it. All right. Um, Now, now, uh, next one, Killing Fury. All right, this one's pretty good. Um, So uh, if you... So the first round of combat, so if you charged, were charged, or heroically intervened, you get D3 extra attacks. Not bad. Uh, there is one in the book already that's kind of that, but one extra attack. Uh, and then the second part is you're always considered to be in wanton slaughter, which is exploding sixes in melee. Um, this one's probably the least interesting of them, um, because there is a border trait in the book, which is plus one attack, first round of combat, and reroll hits. Uh, and since you get exploding sixes from turn three anyway, you're probably better off going with that other one called Hatred Incarnate. But, you know, if you wanted both and loads of attacks, go for it. Okay. I was reading along with you as you were reading, and I'm like, you stick this on a demon prince, but then I was thinking about, yeah, there's that, I couldn't remember the name, but yeah, there's that other one in, yeah. in the general list. That's... Yeah. Funny enough, which I have stuck on my demon prince. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that I'm at least starting to read your mind. Yep. <laughs> so, um, a year after you coaching me on Death Watch, I'm, I'm starting to understand. Yep. I, I can be taught. <laughs> I'm just very slow. Uh, all right. One with the shadows. Uh, I love this one. I wish I had space for it. Um, so each time an attack is made against this warlord, your opponent cannot reroll the hit roll, and they must subtract one from that attack's hit roll. Um, massive wow. boost in survivability. Uh, everybody's been talking about this no rerolls um, uh, litany, this priest litany in the Chaos Space Ring book. Right. And it is insane. Um, so getting this on a character like a Disco Lord or something um, is pretty grim. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it just says attack, so that's shooting and melee, so that's mm-hmm. that's solid. Yeah. All right, and last but not least, dirty fighter. All right, I slammed this straight in. Um, yeah, you're always this, this is this is an auto take. This is a Michael Costello auto take. Got it. This is an auto take, guys. If you're playing Night Lords, take this. Uh, start the fight phase. You select one enemy unit within three inches of the Warlord. Um, fight last. Okay. There's Pure no other fight last in the main codex, just with specific legions. So boom throw this in got it and that's going on your uh on your on disco your chaos lord. lord oh disco lord yeah. on a disco right. lord um he's quite hard to kill uh and now he's even harder to kill because he's going to strike before one of your units got so, it all right yeah. so what are you just so in in talking about us what are your three um hq choices for your or two hq choices for your list yeah so um i've just got the two uh i know surprising no master of possession but we've got a demon prince uh he's got hatred incarnate from the main book as we've already mentioned, um, and he's got one of the demon weapons, the Nurgle one, um, that ignores Phil No Pains and auto wounds on a hit roll. Um, so he's obviously he's very lethal, uh, very good into um, the meta at the moment. Then the Disco Lord has this fight last, um, and as we call it, 
VT, the courgette of eternal hate, um, which is uh, four plus invulnerable and plus one to his saves. And then he also does more wounds when he dies. Uh, it just makes him extra durable. Nice. All right. Cool. All right. Let's uh, let's go down to relics, and we'll come back to strats. Mm-hmm. So uh, first one is the claw of the Stygian Count. Um, looks like it replaces. I'm assuming it replaces a claw. Uh, yes. Um, and no. <laughs> so it replaces a lightning claw, uh, malefic talons, or an accursed weapon. Um, so basically, you can stick this on a uh, chaos wind terminator armor, a demon prince, a terminator sergeant, or a chosen sergeant. They're your options there. Um, it's strength plus two, minus three AP, two damage. Uh, you make two additional attacks with it, and your enemy cannot use uh, Filner Pains or any kind of damage cap system, uh, like a Abaddon or a Phoenix Lord or a Satan. Okay. Uh, so it's, I think it's probably one of the better Night Lords uh, relics. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I certainly, well, anything that uh, can now ignore the Catan, Gazgol, Abaddon, I'm going to ignore the rest of the wounds for this phase nonsense. Anything that can get past that is a win in my book. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next one is the Vox Demonicus. Okay, this one's quite cool. Um, enemy units cannot be set up within 12 inches uh, when they arrive as reinforcements. Okay. Nice. Nice bit of screening. Yep. Um, and then they've got an ability, uh, Vox Demonicus Aura. Each time an enemy unit attempts to perform an action or psychic action within 12, roll a 2d6. If it's greater than their leadership, they cannot attempt to perform that action or psychic action. Um, being able to stop an action is very cool, um, and it's good against some secondaries in the game, um, but having to be within 12 uh, is what kills this one for me. If it was 18, possibly more, um, that'd be quite nice. Um, also, rolling 2d6 above leadership, not not amazing. Yeah. And I noticed you, you can only put this on a cultist model too, so... Yeah, you can give it to a cultist. You could give oh, it to can, something oh, else. Oh, okay. Oh, Nightlord's infantry model can be given to a cultist. That's, an That's right. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. And I don't like anything where... I, I'm like Steve. I don't like dice rolls. So, if I can... No. If having to roll 2d6 to get that to go off... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I still I still have... Uh, I still have, have nightmares of when I was first <laughs> playing 40k in... in uh, Back in second edition and third edition, when you took Terminator saves on on two d six, yeah, and Terminators would have a two up save on a two d six, and or on a it was a three up save, but on two d six, yeah. And uh, I was actually playing my, my buddy Matt, and uh, I I rolled I rolled ones and mm. failed Terminator saves. Mm. Yeah, nice. So I don't trust my dice rolls. All right, yeah. Talons of the Night Emperor. Uh, yeah, this one's interesting. Uh, this one really really frustrates me though. Um, because the only character that can fly is a demon prince. That that's it. Yeah. Um. So he's the only one really that's eligible for this, other than potentially a raptor sergeant or a warp talent sergeant. That's it. Okay. Um, so each time the bearer makes a normal move or advances after they've moved, select an enemy unit that they moved across. Roll one d six, subtracting one if that enemy unit's character. On a two plus, they suffer d three mortal wounds. No, it's okay. Cool, so you can move over something and do D3 more wounds. Then, each time they make a charge, um, you choose one enemy unit within uh, engagement range, and on a 2+, plus they take D3 more wounds. There's no character uh, exception thing here. Um, So, it's quite interesting. Being able to do more wounds in other phases is always very nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So yeah, I quite like this on maybe a, a Raptor Sergeant, a uh, big squad of maybe eight or nine or ten, because um, there's a stratagem to do mortal wounds on the charge as well. Okay. So you could do potentially like ten mortal wounds um, with this uh, relic in tow, and of course the D3 from the movement phase as well. Yeah, so that's you fly over somebody and then turn around and just charge them right back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could really hammer them, uh, and you haven't even taken a swing yet. So yeah, I can see where that would be good, but it doesn't seem like I'm not hearing in your tone of voice a, a raging its level of enthusiasm. It's just the CP cost and the fact that it's so limited on what you can put it on. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. All right, scourging chains. All right, this one's one of my favorites from the old book. So this was the same in the, uh, the Psychic Awakening when we got our rules there. Um, each time the bearer makes a melee attack, improve the armor penetration characteristic of that attack by one. Very nice, uh, especially in the world of armor of contempt. I was going to say the same thing, yep. Uh, and then while an enemy model is within engagement range of this model, subtract one from the attacks characteristic of that model. Uh, minus one attacks, obviously very powerful. Um, so this, you're probably looking at sticking this on maybe a Disco Lord. Uh, Lord Discordant, um, because he's got a lot of attacks, so increasing AP on all of them is really, really nice. Mm-hmm. The minus one attacks, though, small issue with that is um, because of how you fight in engagement range, uh, and you can fight within half an inch of a guy within half an inch, only the ones in engagement range take that minus one attack. So if you've got, let's say, two ranks of, uh, let's take intercessors, two ranks of intercessors, um, they've got three attacks each on the charge, uh, only the front, um, like, three would take that minus one attack. The two behind them, not in engagement range, but they are within half of half, would still get their full number of attacks. So um, right. there are ways around it. Uh, but I also notice it yeah. says subtract one from the attacks characteristic and there's no mention of a to a minimum of anything. So uh, are we... Well, you've, you've noticed that. <laughs> this is Yeah, and this is not the first time that I believe, the, I believe there was something like this in the Tyranny Codex when you and I went through that one that had that similar ability. Mm. Uh, so, um, well, I guess given that it has that engagement range limitation, does that are we assuming that that means that they're meant to just completely neuter the the models in engagement range, and maybe the next rank can fight? But may maybe uh, you'd assume intention is minimum of one because that's always been the case, hasn't it, with a lot of other rules? Right. Yeah. In the uh, past, that was always the intention, but then but then I do see. Yeah, it's it's a very strange one. I think because. Um, Emperor's Children, uh, which uh, you spoke to Steve about, they've got a Warlord trait for this. Um, minus one attacks characteristic while an enemy models and within engagement range. Um, and that's not capped either. So right. it's, yeah, I expect, I'm surprised it hadn't been caught in the FAQ, but um, I don't think a one attack model is going to kill you that hard anyway. Right. No, I mean, most, I mean, like like you said, if just, uh, uh, you know, say you are going into a, mm. Uh, into a squad of 10 intercessors or something that's yeah. you know that you maybe you're maybe you're able to base or get into engagement range of even mm-hmm. five of them yeah. four or five of them all right so then the squad loses four or five attacks but they still yeah. get the other you know maybe the sergeant and four other attacks back in so it doesn't with that engage if it didn't say mm-hmm. within engagement range i would say no no two minimum of one but maybe that was very intentional by the game designers that yeah maybe anyway we'll wait for the faq uh until then i guess ask your to all right, moving on. Misery of the Meek. All right. So once per battle, start of any phase, the bearer can use the relic. Uh, if it does so, the bearer regains up to three lost wounds. Until the end of the turn, add D3 to the attack's characteristic and plus three to their aura abilities. All right. 
it's this i mean it's 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 cool it's good um i think you have to take it on a character that's got uh enough wounds to not just die in one round of combat uh, yeah. for one so it's quite interesting because you could potentially pair this with like a um Maybe even Lord Disco or a Prince. They're probably your best targets for this because they've got lots of uh, wounds. And then you pair that Killing Fury, Warlord Trait, and now you're getting 2d3 extra attacks for that one turn. Right. Um, which is a lot of attacks. Uh, so, yeah, maybe there's something there. And this this sort of, like, I, I read this and I'm like, it's your magic potion. Like, it's the, mm-hmm. it's the potion yeah. you put on your character in it, you know, when you're playing a game online. And then, and since... Chaos can have two, you know, since you can have a character with two relics, if you really want to spend the CP, this might be good if you're expecting, like, you're going to send your demon prince charging into a, mm-hmm. you know, knight abominant or something, yep. or a hive tyrant, and you want to make sure that he absolutely hammers down and then heals up whatever damage he takes in return. Yeah. It might be, it might be worthwhile, but then, you, mm. but in, but in the post Nephilim world, spending that one CP always seems yeah. kind of. I'll be honest, the relics in this book are so good. It's such a difficult choice anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good relics in this book. Like they, the Warlord traits are, they're good by normal standards. There's nothing, you know, stupidly good. But, um, but the, you know, they really, they knew they were going to allow people to have two relics. Mm -hmm. And so they made sure that there was a, you know, an obscene wealth of, of good relics. Yeah. And of course there's demon weapons as well, which are basically extra relics. So, right. So many choices. So, uh, all right. Stormbolt plate. Uh, cool. This one's probably my second favorite. It's quite interesting. Um, so, infantry only. Uh, enemy models cannot target the bearer with ranged attacks unless it's within 12 inches or it's the closest eligible target. Um, so, you could basically just have this character standing in the open, provided there's something else close to your enemy, like, I don't know, uh, maybe even a land raider or something. Um, they won't be able to shoot your character unless they're within 12. Right. Awesome. Second bullet point, um, each time an attack's made against them, they're treated as having light cover, more importantly, heavy cover. What's heavy cover? I've never heard of that. That sounds new. Yeah, so heavy cover um, is not really... So ruins don't get heavy cover. It's like bunkers get it, and you don't see bunkers competitively anyway. So heavy cover is if you're charged, uh, you get plus one to your armor saves. Yeah. That is that is first turn. There's like one thing in the book that gets that terrain keyword. Mm. And exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so obviously with armor of contempt and plus one save, that's that's pretty pretty strong. Oh yeah. Uh, probably on a terminator, uh, if you can. Yeah, a sorcerer terminator or a terminator mm-hmm. chaos lord. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. And then the last one, flare. Flare. So uh, this is uh, replaces a power sword and a curse weapon or a four sword. Now, interestingly, this is not one you can give to a sergeant, um, which I'm a bit sad about because I think it'd be really cool to give it to a sergeant. I'll just double check that really quickly. Um, yeah, it's not in the list of relics you can give to a sergeant, uh, which is a shame, but basically replaces uh, one of those weapons, plus two strength, uh, minus three AP, two damage. Not bad, two damage power sword. Um, and then each time uh, an attack destroys an enemy model, that model counts as two destroyed models for um, the morale phase. Which definitely plays into the um, uh, terror tactics. And I like the fact that you can replace a force sword with it, because that's usually librarians, force swords once upon a time were pretty good. They were they were halfway decent in, in combat, yeah. but in ninth edition, force weapons have been 
you know, one step above a chain sword, if that. So, you know, you're not seeing a lot of Terminator librarians or, or space marine librarians getting in and hacking people up with their force weapons. So the yeah. fact that you can replace this and really juice, make your sorcerer Terminator, you know, Terminator and sorcerer armor, what, sorcerer and Terminator armor. I can speak today. Yeah. Uh, you know, actually do something in, in combat, um, you know, maybe do a bunch of mortal wounds on somebody and then charge in and finish somebody off that. You know, or That's at least nice. give somebody a second thought of, do I really want to charge that mm. that sorcerer who's got that relic? You know, again, though, yeah. is this something you're going to spend CP on? Probably not. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's so many other good relics. Yeah. All right. So you said that um, Stormbolt Plate was your second favorite. What was your first favorite? Uh, probably the claws of the Stygian Count. Um, the, okay. the, so this was the extra two attacks and no feel, no pains. Um, what yeah. I like about this one is uh, if you're tempted to go that route, Get some chosen, um, stick this on your chosen sergeant, uh, and suddenly they're making six attacks. Um, I'd probably advise going corn as well. Six attacks, strength seven, um, minus four AP, two damage, no feel, no pains. Um, and I think that's quite a nice damage profile to get um, yeah. a unit sergeant. Yeah, that's a really nice damage profile. That's, that's kind of awesome, actually. All right, um, and then let's go back. We got a page of stratagems to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and unlike Black Legion um, and a couple of the others, these are all very reasonably priced for the most part. There's no three CP and only a couple that cost two CP. So yep. you've got some. This this is a this is a legion that is meant to use its strats and to be um, mobile and um, and and popping stuff off at you. I like that. So. Um, I know there's been talk lately of, oh, in 10th edition, we need to get rid of stratagems. It's too complicated. Shush. <laughs> you shush. I like stratagems. It's a yeah, so do I. fantastic mechanic, I think. So keeps the game vibrant and lively, and there's different things that are happening. And if yeah. you are confused, just ask your opponent to see your, to read their codex. But okay, so first one, In Midnight Clad. Yep, this one's carried over um, from a uh, previous book. Uh, so... In your opponent's shooting phase, when a Night Lord's Infantry unit is selected as a target of a ranged attack, till the end of the phase, uh, minus one to the hit roll uh, of that attack. Um, nice. It's useful. Useful against Tau. Um, it's just How Night Lord's you, Infantry. <laughs> it's Night Lord's Infantry, so uh, works on like Possessed or any of your jump pack units. Um, it's a shame you can't use it in combat as well. I'd really love if you could, because that'd be amazing. Um, but it is only one CP, so... Yeah, that would be ridiculous. That yep. would be that would just be stupid good. So, mm. All right, uh, sound the black hunt. Yes, I had to make sure I said that slowly yes. enough. Yeah, we've had right. these issues before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, one CP. Use the stratagem in your shooting or fight phase. Um, this one's reasonably complicated, but I'll try and simplify it as best I can. Um, so core demonkin or character can use this stratagem. Okay, and then when they make an attack. If they're attacking someone that's leadership six or less after modifiers, or a unit that's below starting strength, they get reroll ones to hit. Okay. Okay. However, if they're attacking something that has leadership five or less, or is below half strength, they get reroll full hit rolls. Okay. This one is actually very, very good. And I use this a few times. Um, if you look at a unit like Possessed, They've got their own innate aura of six inches of minus one leadership. So um, when they charge something that's leadership eight, they put it down to leadership five in combat, which means they get plus one to wound. What if they're hard to hit? Well, 
Obviously, Demon Kin, they're not core. They can't get any other rerolls. One CP, boom, full rerolls to hit. Um, and your chances of taking that unit out have massively increased. All right. Cool. Also good for characters, actually, to be fair. Um, Demon Prince also has that aura of minus one to hit. Um, so if you put your Demon Prince in there and he doesn't already have reroll hits, um, you can reroll ones to hit, which is obviously very useful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and since he's probably going to be starting on a two plus, mm-hmm. on a two up to hit anyway, rerolling ones is effectively full rerolls. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's great. All right. Uh, flay them alive. All right. Not going to lie. Probably never using this one. I don't think I've used it yet. Um, <laughs> okay. So in the, in the fight phase, when the enemy warlord is destroyed by a melee attack made by a night lord's unit, Okay, it happens, sure. Um, until the end of the battle, each time a combat attrition test is made, subtract one from the attrition test. Uh, it's not worth one CP. I mean, maybe if you if you manage to somehow whack their warlord in the first mm. turn, mm. and and what? you did it in combat with your your own night lord's character. Uh, oh, any yeah. any heretic Astartes model. So, but you you so you manage to somehow charge your warp talons or something mm-hmm. into your or enemy character your enemy warlord or land raider yeah I don't know. something something kills it in combat you spend one cp and combat attrition is much worse for your opponent um, yeah for the rest of the game the rest of the game i would have preferred something like they can't use the auto pass morale or reroll morales or or they roll 2d6 for their morales uh, and pick the, the highest uh, something like that would have been worth one cp but yeah attrition not so much all right, underhand scheming. All right, this is the second best stratagem, in my opinion, for the Night Lords. Um, pretty simple. Start your charge phase, select a Night Lords unit, no other requirements, um, fall back and charge. All right. Perfect. So you fall back, and then later on in the charge phase, you go, oh, by the way, I'm going to charge now. By the way, I'm going to charge now. Yeah. yeah. Um, fall back and charge is pretty rare in this book. Yeah. Um, you know, an easy way to get to deal with some of the Chaos Space Marine units is, is to just tag them with something that's really hard to kill. Um, so, yeah, like putting a Rhino into some Chaos Space Marine, like some normal Marines, and suddenly they're useless effectively. Yeah. Um, so having this is really, really good, especially if you take lots of fly units. Yeah. All right. From the Night. This is All a 2CP, right. 1CP strat. Yeah. So uh, in the reinforcement step of your movement phase, you can select a Night Lord's Infantry or Biker unit from your army that's in Strategic Reserves or is a reinforcement unit. Um, so that could be something like um, Raptors, Warp Talons, Terminators that's been set up in Deep Strike. Yep. Um, they can now be set up as if the battle round was one higher than it currently is, regardless of any mission rules. Uh, yes, that's right. You could Deep Strike turn one. Awesome. awesome. That I like. Awesome, right. Um, and you might be thinking, oh, that's not balanced. Well... I'll come to that in a second. So if the unit has the Demonkin keyword, the strategy costs 2 CP. If not, it costs 1. Uh, so that means it'd be 2 CP for uh, Obliterators, which might seem like the obvious choice here, um, or Warp Talons. Um, but it's 1 CP for a unit like Raptors, um, or if you put into Strategic Reserve something like Havocs, um, or Cultists or something if you wanted to do a secondary. Um, but in the book, there's no way to buff your charge rolls. So... It's always going to be a nine if you're planning to charge with it, um, and the right. shooting option is good. But um, yeah, I think this is a tactical stratagem. Uh, okay. That's how how I've used it. Getting getting position for uh, an engage or mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Or a nephilim early game in one of those quarters. It's a bit harder to reach. Yeah, on a quarter deployment. 
Um, I've also had quite good luck with it having some raptors with flamers, um, just picking up like a, a weak, cheap unit uh, with their flamers. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. All right. Uh, and then Screaming Skies. All right. One CP, start your movement phase, um, jump pack unit, you put it back into Deep Strike, and it arrives next turn uh, as if it was coming from Deep Strike. Okay, so this is Angel's Ascent or any exactly. of the others. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We came down. We go back up, um, which you could actually combo with from the night. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Uh, good for secondaries. This one. Yeah. Uh, and then we have come for you. One of the two CP strats. Hands down, the best stratagem in the entire book. In my really. Opinion. All right. Yep. Bring it down. Uh, I me. use this basically every game multiple times. <laughs> um, use this stratagem at the start of your opponent's movement phase. Select one Night Lord's core, Demonkin, or character unit from your army. Until the start of your next turn, enemy units within engagement range of that unit cannot fall back unless they have the vehicle Titanic or aircraft keyword. That's right. That almost seems counterintuitive to me because you want people to fall back because you, you're scoring your secondary if they fall back. Yeah, it, it does seem a bit strange, doesn't it? But uh, uh, yeah, this is insanely powerful. Um, there's no roll off. You just can't fall back. All right. Uh, and you can, you know, a Demon Prince, uh, a Lord Discordant can do this. Um, yeah. And frankly, if you're in combat with either of those, usually you're not having a good time. Um, <laughs> but it, it basically means, um, and I should say that it's from that unit. So if you had a big unit of like um, Possessed or, or Chosen or something, and they tagged someone, and they tagged maybe three different enemy units, none of those three units could fall back. Oh, yeah. It's really powerful, uh, and of course, if you've got multiple units in combat with one enemy unit, then obviously because they can't fall back, they can't fall back from those units either. Um, so, yeah, mega okay. powerful, um, and can single-handedly keep you in a game. Okay. Um, and last but not least, Vox Scream, 2CP. Yeah, this one's cool. Um, so, once per game, so this is a once per game stratagem, end of your movement phase, Select one enemy unit within 12 inches of a Night Lord's unit from your army. Until the start of your movement phase, that unit loses all of its aura abilities. So this is for characters that are creating auras, not people who are benefiting from them. That's right, yep. Okay. So um, you find a model with multiple incredibly important auras, turn them off. Yeah, It's, it's quite strong. Uh, it is 2 CP. Um, and quite often, I think you can probably get away without using it, um, which is a shame because I used to use this one a lot because it's awesome but um i think i feel like i don't know about you dave i feel like um aura abilities are becoming less uh relevant in the game as new books come out um for there's a lot more command abilities yeah rather than yeah there's a lot more targeted command abilities and auras you know and and a lot of the aura abilities are always core locked which Mm. decreases their functionality because a lot of people a lot of lists will lean away from core units or units are losing core keyword um so yeah. yeah no i i can i can i hadn't thought about it but yeah i agree with you that the yeah. core or, or that uh aura abilities are less Would've, overall less valid you might want to shut off yeah. someone's you know rights of war for a turn and take away object to, yeah. to do that or something um, but you could do a stop a feeling of pain or maybe an ancient ability for shooting on death um i would have it would have been nice to see them roll this and say you can't do command abilities either then it would have been great almost broken well, you say broken. I say fair enough. <laughs> it would have there would have there would have been a lot of tears on Reddit. That's for sure. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah. Okay. So that, that's it, man. That wraps up the entire Legion. You want to talk about what are some of your like top combos that you're just, that are, that are things that you won't leave home without with your, with your night or night Lords list. Yeah. I think, um, uh, if we think about units, 100% possessed, if you're not taking possessed as night Lords, then, um, I think you're a bit crazy. Uh, they get that extra leadership debuff within six inches, um, which massively helps you um, get the rest of your units much better in combat and, of course, helps you get your secondary for people running away. Um, possessed are very good in their own right anyway. Um, it's a fast unit, so it's nine-inch move, help you get secondaries like engage, etc. They're infantry, so they benefit from most of your buffs. Um, and, of course, you've got that sound of uh, sound the black hunt um, uh, stratagem for the reroll hits as well. So I think possessed for me, um, every list. Okay. And it seems like possessed mm. in particular are really good for night lords, whereas most people are saying, oh, chosen are better than possessed because mm. of some of the weapon options and things like that. But for you, possessed is the better choice. Yeah, 100%. Um, need that speed, need that leadership debuff. Um, it's very good. Um, I do like chosen, and I am running chosen, um, but they are a little bit more fragile chosen. So. Yeah, um, Raptors, I think you have to take some Raptors, uh, even if you're not going full Raptors, because um, it's a very Night Lords thing to take Raptors. Oh, absolutely. Um, or, or Warp Talons, um, and I own about 40, uh, and I wish that I could, in my right mind, take all 40. But um, they're a very good tactical piece uh, for your R&D. We've already seen two of the stratagems lean into them really, really well, um, coming down turn one, uh, going back into the sky to come down a turn later. Um, and Raptors also have six inch minus one leadership aura so um taking those guys great uh now the other thing about fast units is if they can get into combat and you can lock the enemy in you're golden um some of the slower units can't quite get there right so yeah really like raptors uh, and i think people are underestimating flamers on them as well with that uh, extra two shots from let the galaxy burn oh that's right yeah other than that, Demon Prince. I think you've got to go Demon Prince because he's also got that leadership aura. Basically, anything with a leadership debuff um, that has power armor is probably a go-to uh, in your list because it really helps you leverage your, your Legion trait. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah, because that was going to be my next question. Is All right, you had talked at the beginning about how to get the, the minus two leadership down to a minus three, and mm -hmm. it's possessed is the key for that, right? Yeah, possessed, Raptors, um, Demon Prince, they've all got that aura. Now, I need to reiterate here, um, the aura is fearsome. Uh, it's the same name on all three units and the rest of the book on like Spawn or Curse Cultists. That means it doesn't stack with itself. Um, so uh, yeah, maximum minus three. Uh, I do have a couple of ways that you could potentially think about getting extra minuses in there. Um, so maybe I'll talk about that for any of you who really want to try and leverage some strange leadership debuffs. Um, so uh, you'll like this one, Dave, because it's a fortification. The Noctilith Crown. Um, really? Yeah, clocks in at 100 points, um, but basically in its aura range, if you're within its aura range and you're not chaos, minus one leadership. Um, so it's a good way of getting to minus four leadership. Why is minus four leadership important for Night Lords? Well, in the game, there's lots of leadership nine units, and if you've got minus four leadership, that puts them down to leadership five. Suddenly you get plus one to wound against them. Yep. Pretty important. Uh, Elves. Yeah, elves, exactly. Um, funny enough, I played Harlequins and their entire army is leadership eight. Um, so we had a good old time getting plus one to win against the entire army. Um, <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, the other way you could look at um, souping in some 
Chaos Knights. Um, they've got their Harbingers of Dread ability. Um, and what you could do yeah. is take House Corvax, which lets you pick a Harbinger's ability regardless. And I believe there's a Dreadblade ability that lets you do it as well. Um, and you could take the minus one leadership within 12 inches or Dread range um, and minus one combat attrition. Uh, and that was really interesting because if you make a unit run away, they're now at minus two to their combat attrition. Um, so if they're under half strength, they're actually running away on fours and they're minus four leadership potentially. So um, that could cause some real headaches. All right. Very cool. Anything else? Any other? Uh, you oh, you said you're 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 running uh, havocs in your list instead of obliterators, right? Mm-hmm. What's your thought process on that? Um, so this will depend on um, how soon an FAQ comes out for the Forge World Index. Uh, I have a Dreadclaw. Um, I love the model, um, and of course it's like a drop pod. It drops down turn one. So having these havocs uh, drop down turn one and fire thirty two horde killing shots at your enemy is incredibly intimidating, um, and they were incredibly good uh, over the weekend. I went 4-2 at an event last weekend uh, with Nightlords. Um, they were very, very good, even against Armour of Contempt, even against you know Space Marines. They just sort of did their bit. Um, Havocs, 145 points for the Reaper Chain Cannon unit. Obliterators, 270 for three Obliterators. Um, yeah. And the shooting output of the D6 plus nine shots is um, still less shots it's just more shots than the Reaper Chain Cannon Havocs, but twice the points cost. Um, so, yeah, I just rate it a bit better. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. Uh, thanks. I just wanted to, I, I've seen people, you know, lists going back and forth and yeah. uh, heard, you know, heard people debating the the, the two and, and was just wanting yeah. your, your insight on it. So, yeah. I cool. also have a Land Raider, which caused some confusion. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I love the the idea that the Legion is, of course, still a Legion. It's got access to all these vehicles and stuff. It's not just Raptors and and stuff like that. They've also got heavy tanks and things. So, um, right. But this guy can transport ten Chosen with complete impunity because it's toughness nine two up. So nobody wants to shoot it, and if they do, they're probably making a mistake. Um, it only died in two games through rare circumstances, um, but it's also great for the secondary because people will fall back from a land raider because they can't kill it and it's just going to shoot them in combat. So it's a nice way of tagging into your secondaries um, as well as massively protecting one of your threatening units. Yeah. No, it makes sense. And uh, I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to test my rail guns against a chaos land raider. At yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to rail guns against my land raider. But uh, <laughs> what, what I will say, though, is uh, I had one game where it's probably done the best it's ever going to do. Uh, it did 15 wounds to Bellacor in one shooting phase. Wow. 15 nice. to Bellacor and 21 to a great and clean one in the first turn. Um, wow. Yeah. Bonkers. That's 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 uh, that's rolling really well on those uh, soul shatter <laughs> yeah. lace cannons. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, very cool. All right, Mike. Let's. Uh, I think we've covered it all. Mm-hmm. All right, that is it for this episode. Thank you again, Mike, for uh, taking time out on your Saturday to uh, to record this episode with me. I've been looking forward to it, and uh, with this episode did not disappoint for me. It certainly. I hope it doesn't disappoint for any of our listeners. Uh, I don't know why it would, but uh, yeah, Night Lords is definitely somebody. It's it's not the uh, the standard Black Legion or Emperor's Children that list that a lot of people are talking about. So I think you're, uh, you and anybody else that wants to play Night Lords is going to be able to catch people out a little bit with doing some other shenanigans that they oh, aren't yeah. expect to hear, that they are not expecting. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see how you do uh, in the next couple of weeks at the tournament. Thank you. So, uh, all right, man. Uh, 
We've got four more deep dives to do in Chaos Space Marines, Word Bearers, Alpha Legion, Iron Warriors, and Creations of Bile still to come. Uh, the uh, the one and only handsomest man in 40K, Mr. Uh, Jake Harding, is going to be with me to do Word Bearers sometime in the near future. Mike and I are going to be back to do Iron Warriors. Uh, and then Steve and I will cover uh, Alpha Legion and Creations of Bile. We're all trying to get those done as soon as possible, but everybody's schedules are challenging, obviously. But I am trying to get these done because I want I want Chaos Marines done before uh, Chaos Demons drops in the next uh, week or couple weeks or whenever it's going to be, because we know that's coming soon. So, and also, meanwhile, uh, ladies and gentlemen, keep an eye on Warhammer Community because this is just my two cents. Those leagues of Votan, uh, of things that they're dropping on the community page, those models are awesome. I love them. I may actually have to start collecting leagues of Votan. Just, just the the that off road vehicle uh, thing they've got is in and of itself is just cool. So, it, yeah, it's amazing. What I really want to see is like a Walker tank, like with six legs. Yeah. I'd love to see something like that. That'd be super cool. Oh, that'd be great. There's so much option and, and opportunity for them to just, especially because it's a brand new faction, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, not counting the, the squats models from 1993. So, uh, no, I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to see the, the codex for that. So, so much still to come, ladies and gentlemen. Please keep tuning in. Please spread the word. Let other people know that they should come listen to us. Uh, and, uh, you know, leave us those reviews and all that. We appreciate it. Uh, until then, this is Dave Calmel for Michael Costello saying, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Have a good week.